Well, there was two sheep going into a bar. No, that's Frank's joke. <laughs> He's away for a few days looking for new material. <coughs> the problem with sheep, I'll make it short and simple. They're stupid. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> it's the truth, though. God has always used the, metaphorically speaking, sheep dealing with who we are and what we do. And sometimes we do pretty stupid things. So I want to get into who God is and who the sheep are and how we respond to that. John, would you put up that revelation? Before we start, Lord, I thank you and praise you that we are gathered together in your name to hear your word. For you're a voice, Lord, like John. That voice is crying in the wilderness for all that can hear. And those that can hear, Lord Jesus, would be saved. Those that deny it, Lord Jesus, would be lost. This isn't rocket science. These are things that are true and honest. So as we go about simple things today, let the word be profound in the hearts of people that are hearing. <coughs> so, <coughs> Revelations 1, 15 through 18. Says, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of a rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance, and when I saw him, that's John, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and AIDS. <coughs> <That's, coughs> excuse me, that's Jesus Christ. <coughs> that's not the Jesus we sometimes think of as walking along the Sea of Galilee. This is the Jesus that you and I are going to meet when the Lamb's Book of Life or the other Book of Judgment comes forth. This is the Jesus we're going to be talking about today. Now, John, would you put up the uh, next <coughs> Matthew 18, 20, 12 through 14? Here's the second part. <clears throat> what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about the one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. So we've got two different things going on at the same time. <clears throat> and actually, that's all the whole story that we're going to be talking about today. You have Jesus Christ, who was the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of creation that picked you and me. We're here because of him today. Don't think there's any other reason. Now, whether you believe that or not, well, <clears throat> you can listen to the end of the story and see how you feel into the gaps here. But this Jesus that's come for you the Jesus that saved you, if you're saved, and I pray that you are, he is the one that brought the whole universe into existence. There is none like him, never will be, never could be. <clears throat> the God of all creation, as we just got finished singing. God of all creation. And he chose you. Can you imagine that? He chose you, 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 and even me. Why? Oh, just... Grace, love, incredible, 
unending grace. If you don't fall into that category, listen closely to what we're talking about today. Because in the ensuing scriptures we're going to be looking at and reading and kind of hoping to take to heart, you'll find out where you stand and where I stand in the light and the life of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so, John, can you put up 1 Timothy 2, 3? What does the shepherd want? Well, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So is there any left out of this sentence here? No. What does all mean? Well, let me put it into Greek. It still means all. No matter how you try to slice and dice it, it means all. It means everyone here, everyone out there, everyone you've ever known or ever will know, he wants them. Well, why doesn't he have them? What's going wrong with this whole story? Ah, problem with sheep. Sad, sad story. Problem with sheep. You know, they really don't have any defensive mechanism. They are so stupid that when a predator or some evil gets into their pen, did they run away? No. They run around in a circle. And of course, as a result of that, if there's not a shepherd there to protect them, they're doomed. But praise be to God, we have a shepherd who protects us. It doesn't matter who we are and how stupid we can be sometimes, and I'll have to speak of myself. I have a shepherd that included me in that all. He wanted all to be saved. And the day came when I was saved in spite of myself, in spite of my rejection. How many has ever rejected Jesus and then found out how wrong they were? You don't have to raise your hand. I know there are many out here that have felt the same way. I felt that way. <laughs> Quite honestly, this is pathetic. I was happy with myself. Happy with myself and my sin. And I had a plan, I think I told you before, of salvation. I knew just enough scripture to get me into a lot of trouble. And my plan of salvation was I was going to live to be 94, 95. <clears throat> you know, I'm not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm laying slowly slipping away under the sheets, uh, closing my eyes, and now I got my plan goes into effect. I call upon the name of Jesus, and he'll have to save me. I, I was going to trick Jesus into saving me. That was my plan of salvation, as if I would live to be 95, as if a truck would knock me over when I got out of here or some other thing befell me. I didn't think of those things. I thought in my own stupid, sheepish way that this is how we were going to go. Well, I found out differently when Jesus came into my life and he told me the truth, and the truth did set me free. Has the truth set you free today? Do you know the truth? Has the truth set you free? Because if you're not, you're captive. I used to go over into the prison, and I think uh, Sue Habedale goes over there. I used to go over to the Troy prison. And these girls were all in the prison, and they couldn't wait to get out. And I said, well, you're only going to go from one prison to another prison, except this one you're going to go outside has bigger walls and has more trouble. And I said, they had a hard time understanding that until I told them about Jesus Christ. 
who would set the captives free. That's how it is today. Are you being held captive? You may not know it, but by the end of the story here, you may know it. If you're being held captive, he's come to set the captives free. He's come in all his glory and all his splendor. You saw what Revelations talk. That's the Jesus we're going to meet. An incredibly powerful, incredibly. Mind cannot conceive. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, heart has not felt what God has prepared for us. But, of course, we're in a finite body, and it's difficult to sometimes grasp these things. But grasp the truth of what he says. He does not lie. So, what does a shepherd want? He wants simple words, all. Just not some. He hasn't separated, but he will. He has, he'll separate the goats from the sheep. So, John, if you can put up John 10, 1 through 4. Why is the lost sheep lost? I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters in by the gate is a shepherd of a sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his That's the primary word here. Listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls you, hey, Tom, hey, John, hey, Mary. And you responded. Because if you didn't, well, we'll get to that, what happens. He leads them out, and when he was brought all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. See, this is the imperative part of understanding Jesus to know his voice. What did John the Baptist say? A voice crying in the wilderness. A voice of what? A voice of Jesus Christ. Of what he's about to do, who he is, and when he's coming. A voice crying in the wilderness. We're no longer in the wilderness. We're in the end times. We're we're so close to the end. Now you're saying, here it comes again. Here comes that revelation stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Revelation is like, like reading the Times Union on any given day. Disaster, mayhem, murder, hate. Hate is so great out there, you could take a knife and cut it like a slice of cake. That wasn't like that 25, 30 years ago. It wasn't like that when I was growing up. I had no idea what these things meant. And here, in a short space of time, we have a world that is in such contempt of Jesus Christ And as a result of that, it brings forth nothing but hate. So we have, why is the lost sheep lost? They won't listen to his voice. Now there are some of you out here that week after week you sit here and you listen to Frank powerful messages, or Jeff, or one of the other preachers that get up here. Powerful messages. And you shake your head, wow, that's powerful. I wish so-and-so was here to hear that. it's so lost when you think like that these messages are for each one of us the word of God isn't for Joe or Mary it's for the person that has ears to hear and then let it go in and let it go traveling down into the heart and then it has such a manifestation of change that's what you need, change but it can only be done through the grace of God and how is faith? 
by hearing the word of God. Talks about it in Romans. You're hearing it today. It's no different when any other person is up here. This church preaches a lot of strength here. But you better be willing to take it because the day is short. So we've got a shepherd there that wants everyone here to be saved. He doesn't want anyone coming out of here that's not saved. But the simple fact is, if you're not saved, you're going to be doomed. You're going to go to hell. No other way of putting it. And you may think, well, I got a lot of time here. He's up there. He doesn't know how much time. And I really don't know how much time you've got. It may be, well, I've said this over and over again. You look in the Times Union today. There are probably 35 people. Fifteen of them didn't know they wouldn't have another breath today. They didn't know it. But yet they're gone. And what decision did they make? It's too late for them. The most beautiful part is it's not too late for you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So the result of this is the shepherd wants all to be saved and only a stupid sheep. See, we're back to the problem of sheep. They're too stupid to recognize that the only place I can be safe is by the shepherd. There's nothing out there that's going to save you other than him. So why is the lost sheep lost? John, can you put that John 10, 1 through 4 up back again, please? Because they won't listen to his voice. He's calling right now. He's calling to your heart right now. He says, listen to me. Listen to me. He's imploring you, listen to me. Your time is short. And when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. But that's a little bit later on. But he's calling you right now. And maybe some of you are squirming in your seat. Maybe some of you would like to get out of here. Well, I'm afraid if you don't listen to this word, you will be out of here. And you'll be in the wrong place. There's nothing I can think greater than getting to heaven and seeing all of you, all of you having a party. This is the BC group, God. We're going to have a great party. All of you. To look around and saying, I see faces missing. Oh, where's where's Benny? I don't see Benny here. And someone standing next to me, he just shakes their head. Didn't make it. I know there is no sadness in heaven, but if there was, I'd be sad and crying over that. Because I want to see every one of you. And if I want that, how much more than the shepherd, the king of kings? So, where do lost sheep go? Matthew eighteen seven. If they leave the flock, where do they go? <clears throat> Woe to the world because of these things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, <clears throat> but woe to the man through whom they come, Matthew 18, 7. Where do they go? <coughs> Romans 1, and I haven't got that on the overhead, but let me read a little bit of it where they go. Romans 1, 22, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God and gave thanks to him, <clears throat> but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, although they claimed to be Christians, 
They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. And therefore God gave them over, <coughs> excuse me, in a sinful desire of their hearts. There's so many times that you can reject God and go about doing what you want to do when God will say, enough. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about something right now. Probably one of the great Bible stories of all times. It's called Pinocchio. I know, I know, I know, I know. <clears throat> but let's look at Pinocchio. Quickly, we have Geppetto, Geppetto, the creator. We have Pinocchio, the creation. Wow, going pretty good so far. We have Honest John, who was the devil's imp, calling Geppetto to, to Pinocchio away. We have the coachman, who's the devil himself, bringing Pinocchio and all of his friends into what they call the island of paradise. Of course, like everything else, Satan is a liar. That's nothing but the hell. Now, what happens to these people that went to the paradise? They're transformed into slaves, slaves of the devil. See how much this sounds like a good Bible story? But there's one thing about Pinocchio. Out of all those he went for that ride to paradise with, he repented. You have a chance to repent today. That's the most wonderful thing. You're still here. You have a chance to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did it my way. I don't want to be like Frank Sinatra. I don't want to meet him. He's gone. I never want to see him again. But if you don't repent, you will. An incredible thing here to defy the almighty God, the one we read about in Revelation. I'm saying I'll have no part of him. And you may not say it like that. See, I'm putting it right down where the rubber hits the road. You don't think like that. You think in smaller increments, like a funeral director. And, of course, the euphemism is he's an undertaker. But you try to pretty it up a little bit. Put a little glitz on it. It doesn't sound so bad. It's terrible. The island of paradise that Pinocchio was going to was nothing but hell itself. And he found out the hard way what his sin had cost him. But the glory to this is that he repented. Have you repented today? Have you repented of those things? <clears throat> See, I know what you're thinking, because I think like that. You're no different than I am. I have things that run through my mind. If you ever knew that, you say, how could that man stand up and preach? Well, I'll tell you how, because I repent of the things that go through my mind. I go through the daily whatever you call it, garbage that comes through and tries to attach itself to me like it did before I was saved. And I believed it. But now I can repent. What a wonderful name, word. Repent. This is the day of repentance. This is the day before it's too late. God wants you into that sheepfold. He wants to count every one of you. See, he goes after the one that's left the sheepfold. And you know where they go? Some of them are hiding behind the rocks. And they hear Jesus' voice calling, Timmy, Sue. And they're hiding behind the rock because they won't come out. 
and they're bleeding because they've been so beat up, so torn apart, and yet they don't want him to see them like that. That's the way he wants each of you. That's the way he accepted each of you and each of us when we came to him. We were all beat up. We were all bleeding. We all ran. But he came out looking for us, called us by name. Some of us listened and came. Some of you still have a chance to listen and come. He's still calling out there. How do I know that? Because he doesn't want any to be lost. He's kind of imploring you to accept his his way and not the world's way. Well, I'll conclude and give you a challenge here in Hebrews 3.15. As just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. What rebellion is he talking about? Your and my rebellion, the rebellion that we held against Jesus. We hate to think that we do these things. We hate to think of sin. Remember in the papers, all these pedophiles, religious guys were being charged. No one ever called it sin. The hierarchy never, oh, he had a psychological breakdown. He had, they had all kinds of euphemism, so they sent him to a conference where he could uh, get back on his feet and help him out with his understanding. The same way as they have all these programs right now about how to deal with homosexuals and accept not only accept them, but be like them and teach your children. Well, something's wrong here. Another sermon, another day. But the boy, as we're here, it says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Uh, that's chapter three. Chapter four says the exact same thing. When God wants to make a point, he repeats it precisely the same way. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. The rebellion we're talking about right now is what you're going through when you're listening to this message. The rebellion that's going into your mind and into your heart and saying, this guy, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I have a lot of time. I'm not paying attention to this. Where does he get this from? I'm not going to tell you where I get this from. Today, I'm the voice crying in the wilderness. I've been appointed by God to bring this message. Every pastor that's up there, Frank, Jeff, myself, others that come up here, you're appointed by God to bring forth a message so that you'll not get out of here lost. The problem with sheep, they're lost. They're stupid. They need a shepherd. How about you? Do you need a shepherd today? You need someone that's watching over you so that you can't be lied to, cheated, manipulated, like Pinocchio. It sounds silly when I'm talking about Pinocchio, but if there's ever a better story of creation and salvation, I can't think of one. And it's so simple. How are you feeling today about this? How's your heart today? Anything going on in there? It's a... I heard James McDonald talking about something. He went, hello, McFly. Anyone in there? Well, that was funny, but this isn't funny today. Is there anything going on in your heart today? Bottom line is, what about all those that are in the sheep pen? Are they okay? They are today. 
because the road is very narrow. And as I said before, only a short time ago, I know what's in your mind. I know what's in your heart. We're all the same. We're all being tempted. Say the Our Father, lead us not into evil, but deliver us from evil. You need to be delivered today, even from your thoughts in your mind. The most undisciplined thing on the face of the earth is what goes on up in here. We think no one can see it, and we think no one knows. There's two people that know, God and you. He knows exactly what you're thinking, and the day is going to come when you and I are going to have to stand before the king of kings and say, yeah, Tom, I saw you on the, uh, that Sunday on the 19th or 20th, whatever the day is today. I saw what was going through your mind. I know you repented, and I praise you for that, but it was close. It was a close call. It was a close call. You almost fell to it. You got so excited that you almost took that thought and put it into action. That's what happens to sheep in the sheep pen. But they have a shepherd. They have someone they can go to. They have someone that watches over them. I guess I'm going to have to ask you as I close, is anyone watching over you? Do you truly have the shepherd we saw in Revelation? The one says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The thing that anyone is afraid of is that if I cross through that door, I'll have to give up everything I liked. That's the greatest lie Satan has ever perpetrated. When you cross through that door, you'll have life and have it abundantly. But see, you'll only know that when you take a step through. God bless you. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known.